BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sometimes it's time to let a hand-me-down go, but that is very hard for me because I've I've attached so much sentimental meaning and value and story to each item in my life. I'm pointing at myself because <laughs> I do the same thing. Everyone's got to Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Fanatics. I am your host, Claire Kramer, and I am here along with my wonderful co-host, Jake Marin. Hi, Jake. Hey, Claire. I am really interested in today's guest and topic because it's something a little outside my wheelhouse that I'm interested in finding out more about. It's Marnina Sean, and she's going to be talking about hand-me-downs. Isn't that crazy? Hand-me-downs. I love it. When this topic came through, I was super excited because hand-me-downs play a large part in my life. But before we go into that, Marnina is an amazing actress. She's a violinist. She is uh, a musician. She is all these wonderful things. Right now, she is performing in a play that is opening menstruation, a period piece at the LGBTQ Center in Hollywood. She plays the violin in Dropout TV's musical improv show and Dollface, of course. So she's amazing. And she's coming on to talk about hand-me-downs and how they impact her life and her love for hand-me-downs. And she even gets into a really cool story about uh, the premiere of her upcoming show, Hanzi. And Claire, I don't know if you know this, but Hanzi actually has Henry Winkler in it as well and Caroline Aaron. But the coolest thing, I think, is that it's the first Israeli show to have premiered at Sundance. Yes. And by the way, one caveat just to go in, hand-me-downs don't have to be clothes. They can be no. They can be anything in your life. I mean, maybe not a person, but... <laughs> Although I mean, some would argue if you break up with someone, like that's a hand-me-down boyfriend to someone else, right? Yeah. And and again, it's not a hand-me-down. It might be a hand-me-up or hand-me-side. So you never know. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Marnina, Sean, and hand-me-downs. All right, Marnina. When it comes to hand-me-downs, tell me, have you ever been handed down something that you just simply would not wear? Look, this can happen. It's not that all hand-me-downs are gems, but I think that the concept of a hand-me-down has so much to offer us. (laughs) Even if it's ratty and it doesn't work out or it's just not for you, it's my love language. 
hand-me-downs are my love language because it feels like this is a gift that was, you know, once belonged to one person, now gets to live on again with another person. So if it's not a right fit, just hand it down to somebody else. <laughs> I love it. It's a it's a hand me over. It doesn't even have to be a hand me down. Oh. It can be a hand me this way or that way. Hand me any direction. Yes, hand me <laughs> any way you like. I love it. <laughs> Before we dive deeper, because I have so many questions, what in your opinion defines a hand me down? Give me like the example of what is the definition of hand me down mm. for our listeners. A hand me down. Some could also say a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> is a, (laughs) look, I love this. A hand-me-down is an artifact that, uh, it could be an an article of clothing, it could be a piece of furniture, it could be an item of dishware that is passed from one person to another. Um, It even could be passed from a stranger to another stranger. But I do want to specify that this isn't It's related to, but this isn't thrifting. I also love thrifting, but I feel that there are people who love thrifting maybe even more than I do. So I didn't feel that it was my territory. Whereas hand-me-downs, I feel like I could talk about for years. (laughs) Do you clean a hand-me-down before you hand it down? That is courteous to do. (laughs) I agree. I even wash shoes. Like, throw the shoes in. Yeah. What is a piece that is your favorite that you've received over the years? Is there a certain item that stands out? Honestly, probably the majority of my belongings once belonged to somebody else. So this is a hard question because my whole life is made of (laughs) hand-me-downs. So this fleece I'm wearing right now, this was a hand-me-down from my friend Eve. I shot a television show in Tel Aviv. And my friend Eve there what had like a, a pile of clothes she was getting rid of. And on my last day there, she was like, hey, like I felt like this fleece reminded me of you. And I was like, oh, this is exactly for me. This is an instant Marnina classic. And now I wear it almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's one example. But I also have a hand-me-down. It's this like beautiful suede burgundy coat that someone who I'm just kind of like in community with, like I, I used to teach at this Jewish Sunday school and somebody, a parent was like, I have all of these clothes from my friend who just died. And I felt like this jacket of hers would really suit you. Can I bring it to you next Sunday? And I was like, yes. And it's this like gorgeous coat that I would probably not afford on my own. (laughs) So that's also why I include the stranger category because it was like it belonged to this, this person. I didn't even know the woman really that well. And I definitely didn't know her friend. But I, it just feels like now when I wear it, like there's there's a story to it. And I love stories. <laughs> well, Marnina, let me ask you a question about your childhood here. Were you the oldest or were you one of the younger siblings in your family? I am the middle child, younger by two years from my older sibling and older by seven years from my younger sibling. So I think that I 
had younger child personality mm-hmm. ingrained in me because is, I was the youngest. This is what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> because I was the youngest until I was seven. Mm. And is that when this hand-me-down, not upset, oh, what's called an obsession? We can call it an obsession. That's fair. Did your older sibling give you hand-me-downs constantly? Yes, but I also, I got hand-me-downs too from like my cousins or like, like my, my mm. parents are, are big into like having community and being in community. And so I would, you know, just get things from like friends, you know, my my parents' friends' kids and you know, it's just kind of like a, a recycling culture. <laughs> but I think it is very familial too for us. Like my mom also loves secondhand clothes. And her mom also loves secondhand clothes. <laughs> so it's it's generational. Um, it's a generational gift <laughs> that keeps on giving. I love it. And I have a lot of clothes from both my mom and my grandmother's closets. And so then it's like, you know, it's a way to like feel close with them, even though like they don't live where I live. I'm in Los Angeles. They're mm-hmm. in Berkeley and New York. So it's it's a way to feel to feel close to them. Yeah, I love that. I have a lot of my grandmother's cooking aprons. Mm. And so like every time I put it on, I feel like, oh, I'm so connected to you, you know, and she's passed on, but it's really important to me and I'm I tell like the housekeeper and whatnot, I'm like, don't wash these. These cannot be washed. The aprons, they need to stay true and authentic to when my grandmother wore them. Now that's a little extremism, but it, it makes me happy. I know what you mean. I'm very happy. <laughs> Claire, I understand. I think something that can come with like these these hand-me-down heirlooms is like a fear of ruining mm-hmm. them. So I think that's where it tilts. There's a cu- there's a couple ways that hand-me-downs can tilt into the unhealthy <laughs> category and I'm in there, which is <laughs> <laughs> I'm very aware, which is one, be having like a fear of like losing it or ruining it or breaking it because you've imbued so much meaning to it. Mm-hmm. And two, like not being able to let something go, even when it is broken or doesn't work or you just need to downsize or whatever. To get back to your question at the beginning, Jake, your hard hitting question. Sometimes it's time to let a hand-me-down go, but that is very hard for me because I've I've attached so much sentimental meaning and value and story to each item in my life. I'm pointing at myself because <laughs> I do the same thing. Jake, are you are you anti? Not that I was getting like negative energy from you, but I was like, okay, we have a skeptic. No, it's in the a house. good question. <laughs> I I you know I I asked the question about whether you were the youngest child because I was the oldest. I wasn't the one getting hand-me-downs. I would give hand-me-downs. And I just, I have a recent experience that actually makes me feel really connected to what you're talking about. When I was a child, I had this little xylophone and like a little play piano. And I haven't seen it for 30 years. But we found it in the attic and we cleaned it. And now my niece is playing with it and it just melts my heart. So no, I'm not anti. And hearing you talk about it's making me feel really like I need to do more of this. So Marnita, let me ask you, have you encountered anti-people who won't take a (laughs) hand-me-down or or talk ill of it? 
Hmm. I think there are some members of my family who, who find my grandmother's hand-me-downing less charming than I do. <laughs> I think I think there are some people. It's not their love language. So to them, they see it as like you're trying to just give me trash. Like like you don't want this anymore and so you're mm-hmm. trying to give it to me. Mm-hmm. But I see it as like I really value not wasting things too. I am so thrilled by any opportunity to have something go have like another life rather than go into the trash. My mom and sister, they love hand-me-downs, but they don't like sorting through things. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like I could go to a pile of clothes and find hand-me-downs for myself and my children. They need someone to do that for them. But if they are given a stack of clothes as Mm. hand-me-downs, they're happy. So that's a whole nother layer of it. You made me think of that there could be a job of a hand-me-down curator. So someone who, you know, gets to know you, gets to know yes. your whole family. <laughs> and then it's a, it's like, it's a form of a, a therapist maybe, mm-hmm. and or like family counselor. And then <laughs> they sort through the hand-me-downs on your behalf and give you a nice little a stack that's pre-sorted. <laughs> yes. And I would like to do that for people because I enjoy First of all, I enjoy going through things, finding, much like you, I'm sure, that, you know, feeling the history and being like, ooh, this would be perfect for so-and-so, which kind of leads me to my next question for you is when you're going through your own items, do you need to find that perfect place for each item that you're letting go of? Because I do. So I'm wondering, do you also have that? Yeah, A hundred percent. And that's why it's hard for me to declutter because I can't just be like, and this is all out and gone because I'm like, oh, well, this, like I could see so-and-so wearing, but it's like the level of steps it takes to coordinate, like then that person, like seeing it, maybe coming to pick it up, trying things out, like it's unrealistic for everything to go to another place. But when it does, it's amazing. I'm a big fan of um, Buy Nothing, which is like a mutual aid sort of like community recycling Facebook group. I'm on uh, their Facebook. Yes. (laughs) They're done by neighborhood. Right. So um, when I moved to my place in Highland Park, where I've been for close to two years now, like that also felt like a way to like start to get to know some of my neighbors by joining like my small, Mm. like they're really intense about like you have to be in the neighborhood. I wasn't sure. I'm like on the border of Eagle Rock and Highland Park. And when I moved in, I like really wasn't sure which one I was in. So first I like uh, reached out to the Buy Nothing group in Eagle Rock and they were like, no, you're outside the radius. And I was like, by one block? Okay, like, got it. I'm in <laughs> Highland Park. Like, happy happy to know that. <laughs> so now I that defined it for me. I'm, I do live in Highland Park. Um, but it was just, like, a wonderful way to, like, give and receive and, like, meet up with people who, like, actually live near you, which is, like, a really hard thing to do in Los Angeles. Like, it's hard to feel connected to your neighbors and meet your neighbors Mm -hmm. in L.A. So I'm also really a big fan of Buy Nothing. (laughs) 
Well, it's the same. It is hand-me-downs. It's just a more organized, you know, structure to the hand-me-down. Exactly. And it does, you know, for people who don't understand the Buy Nothing groups, can you just describe like a post and how it works for them? Yes. So I have been taking a a break from it for a while because I spent too many hours on it. But... So I, I had to dial it back, but um, it happens. So thank you. Uh, you can post an ask, like something that you're seeking. Like once I saw someone post, like this is a really long shot. Like I'm looking for this specific type of camera to use. I'm doing like a road trip, and I'd love to like get this kind of footage. Like any chance somebody has that camera and is willing to lend it to a stranger, and somebody lend them the camera. It's like, it's so touching. (laughs) It's just, there's just like this spirit of like generosity and, and reciprocity. And like, you can ask for something without having ever given. And then the other type of post you can do is a, a give. So if you're like, I have this bag of clothes, you could like take pictures of everything in the bag of clothes and people can comment and be like, like, I, I, I'm interested in this, I'm interested in that, I'm interested in that one. Or you could even, as the giver, decide, like, I don't have time for different people to pick it up. Like, I'm looking for one person to pick up the whole bag and they can feel free to, like, re-gift from there. So that's kind of actually getting back to our, our curator position that we were, we were talking about earlier. Yes! <laughs> Wow. And then like the the giver can also decide how they want to choose who they're gifting to. So it could just be like they do like a random generator. So they put the names in and then they like get the name randomly. Or they're like giving tickets mm. away to something and they wanted to go to a, like a fan of the artist or whatever. Like comment with your favorite so-and-so song or whatever it is. Like the giver can decide how they want to gift and decide on on who's getting it. And there's flash gives. So if you're just like, I need to get this out of here today, you can post that. Yeah, I love that. But I got an amazing TV stand that's like this honking chunk of solid wood. (laughs) And I, I got it from Buy Nothing. My partner went to pick it up. It turned out that it was like up a flight of stairs and um, my partner had to carry it down the stairs themselves. And they hadn't mentioned in the post like how chonky this wood was, which is nice. It's like a nice sturdy furniture item, but they hadn't warned about the weight. (laughs) It's kind of like an awkward size to like carry on your own too. And it's like too wide to like hold it from the sides, but like also kind of a little bit long, a little bit tall. And my partner describes it as just like blacking out and picking it up like pizza style, and like carrying it down the stairs on their shoulder. Just like, it has to, it has to come now. It has to come with me now. I have to figure out a way. And then once they got to the bottom of the stairs, a neighbor in this like apartment complex, like was like, Hey, buddy, I'm going to help you. And, like, <laughs> came out and uh, help. <laughs> Not a question of do you need help, but I'm going to help you. <laughs> and carried it the rest of the way. I'm going to jump in here and help you. Yeah, I must help you. <laughs> 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Is your partner as into hand-me-downs as you are? Into hand-me-downs, yes. As? No. (laughs) (laughs) And is that important? Yeah. I think they appreciate the values of mine of like not wasting. They appreciate that that I have love and care for things in my life and that I'm not a big spender, you know, like we're, we're both kind of thrifty and scrappy. So that's, I think that's a good match. Maybe that's important. And cause like, we'll be just thrilled with like the simplest meal that we're just like, we made this ourselves. Like, wow. <laughs> like we're easily delighted by, <laughs> by simple things. So I think that that's a good, that is a, a value in our relationship. That's maybe tangential to loving hand-me-downs. I do think Michael wishes sometimes that I would let go of things more easily and, um, (laughs) you know, that I could be more of a partner in decluttering our shared home, you know? (laughs) I think that's in there. This is a good segue into my next question. Do you prefer to receive hand-me-downs And forget about the buy nothing groups. This is more like just, you know, the friends and people. I thought of you and I, here's a pair of jeans, you know, and I do the same thing. I sort everything and I may have 10 bags when I'm cleaning that this one goes to this house. This one's going here. This one's going here, you know? So do you prefer to give away like that targeted, targeted hand-me-downs or do you prefer to receive? Mm. I definitely do more receiving than giving (laughs) of hand-me-downs. Purely from a logistical standpoint (laughs) and my own, Mm -hmm. I deprioritizing of, like, I need to get rid of stuff. Because I think that I have a lot of people in my life who are better at being like, okay, I need to, like, clean house and, like, cycle through and, like, I don't wear this anymore but I, I'll, I'll be a little bit more like, I don't wear this these days, but I think that I might in the future. And I will say that currently I have a sweater that's like become like a new Marnina classic. I like literally like wore it in like my Sundance Getty Images, like SAG actor brunch thing, <laughs> like in those photos, like this sweater that somebody thrifted and gave to me. I think 10 years ago, and I didn't really wear it until this year. (laughs) But now I'm like, this is the coolest sweater I have. It happens. (laughs) Like, I wasn't ready for it, but I knew that someday I would be the person wearing this wool sweater with an applique picture of a female golfer wearing a sweater. (laughs) It's like an ad for a sweater on a sweater. I love it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's It's a sweater sweater. It's a sweater sweater and it's a big hit these days, but like it was just in, it was in my life fallow. It was, it lay fallow for, for 10 years maybe. So I'm not very good at 
passing things along. <laughs> I just hoard them. <laughs> I understand. But when I do, when I do pass along, I'm like, oh, that feel, that feels so good. I just think it happens less because I think that I maybe have the the highest threshold of the people around me for hand-me-downs. Like I want hand-me-downs more than other people around me do, I think. So <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> it makes sense. It, it makes me think of the etic- etiquette of giving mm. because sometimes people have offered me things and it's almost insulting because they're like, hey, I lost a bunch of weight. Here's this. <laughs> you know what? Don't be insulted. It's all good. No, but you know what I'm saying? There's things like that. I think some people, you know, get that way. But but also, you know, Marnina, everything you've talked about has made me really think or, or wonder, do you buy new stuff? Great question. Honestly, not that much. Not Not frequently. What's the last like new thing you bought? <laughs> I'll go I'll get like a a spurt of like oh god I need I need something specific for the like uh like for the premiere of my TV show like I was like okay like I I think I need something new. So that was a big deal in for me that I went and I bought something new from a store. I tried to look at like some sustainable places and things like that but so part of it too is all I'm also kind of into the like you know avoiding like fashion waste and like that part of of like second handing and thrifting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like sometimes like time is of the essence and sometimes you didn't you didn't leave enough time to like find the thing secondhand because it, it is a hunt. And I think yeah. that's what's fun about it too is like the the feeling of like scavenging and searching and like, you know, waiting for the right thing. And I think it's a it's an amazing game. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, oh God, I am leaving in a week <laughs> for this premiere. And I need an outfit and like, it's not something I already have. I can't picture something that, a friend of mine has that I want to ask them to borrow. I think I need to actually buy the pantsuit of my dreams for this premiere. And I did. And it was, it's hot pink and I felt great about it, but it did take a lot for me to psych myself up to do that. I know. I love it. I want to see the pantsuit and I want to see the sweater, (laughs) the sweater, sweater. (laughs) I'll send pics. (laughs) You can feel good about that purchase, you know, because you know that that pantsuit will be available to you for the next two decades to wear and mix up and wear the blazer and wear the pants and, you know, wear it piece by piece or all together. Exactly. I've already worn it to two different occasions. See? There you go. There you go. There we go. All right. We talked a little bit, Marnina, about like the the legacy factor of hand-me-down in your family. Mm. And before we get into the love letter and everything, I just want to talk a little bit about that relationship, how that has bonded you, your mother, your grandmother, and those that take part in this sort of ritualistic passing on of items and clothing. Uh, yeah. I feel so seen and heard. Thank you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely important for us to, like, feel connected to each other. Um, I think it means a lot to my my grandmother, my Bubby, who 
lives on the East Coast and we're on the West Coast. Like that was a big deal that my mom moved away from New York and like is so far. Like that was a really big deal in our family. Mm -hmm. So I think like for my Bubby to know like when she goes thrifting and she finds um, a shirt for me, like, and then I come to visit, like, six months later, and she still has that shirt, she knows that I'm going to be excited about and, like, receive that with, like, love and enthusiasm. And I think it's, like, a way to to show each other that, like, we're thinking of each other in those long times between when we get to physically be together. And now I have, like, my last uh, visit to see her, she gave me a couple of her shirts that she used to wear. And like, yeah, I just feel like, oh, my bubby's with me, you know? Like that's <laughs> it's mm-hmm. nice to feel to feel connected. Yeah. With a physical object too. Like it's nice to have something tactile, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. And I think there is also a very Jewish component of this. Like, you know, Jewish tradition and Jewish like culture and histories wouldn't have survived this long without hand-me-downs. Like it's all about hand-me-downs. The Torah is the most important hand-me-down of all time. Of all. In our in, in our community. So. <laughs> I love that. I am so in love with that. <laughs> so, you know, like we're it's deeper than just a personal value. It's like, it's a historical communal value of gifting hand-me-downs, passing things from generation to generation, no matter what condition it's in, it still holds importance and value. And and because we ascribe meaning to it, because we, we tell stories around mm-hmm. these, whatever the artifact is, like that's how we keep things alive. (laughs) I 100% agree. And with that, Jake and I would love it if you could regale us with a love letter to hand-me-downs. Dearest, darlingest hand-me-downs, hi, how are you? What did you have for breakfast? I need to tell you that you are such an important part of my life. You're always around, usually on my body, definitely in the same room as me, sometimes on my back because my main backpack was a hand-me-down from my friend Tova. You imbue my life with meaning, with love, with stories, and I want to pass you on from generation to generation. I hope that people only come to love you more and more with age as I have. Thank you for everything you've given me, hand-me-downs. Love, 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 Marnina. You know, I really appreciate the fact that Marnina came in with a clear understanding of the difference between thrifting and hand-me-downs, because that's something that some people may not be able to delineate. Yeah, I mean, I had no clue, and now I can. So it's very great that she told us that. And she just really made an impassioned plea, I feel like, for the whole world to start taking hand-me-downs a little more seriously. 
I think I love giving away more than I love receiving hand-me-downs, although the thrill of like a bag left by a neighbor on your porch is is very exciting. <laughs> but the <clears throat> problem I have, which I touched on a little bit during the podcast, was I will spend exorbitant amounts of time deciding who gets what. Mm-hmm. And there will be as I mentioned, 10, 12, 15 different bags lined up. Like this goes to my sister. This goes to my friend, Megan. Obviously, this is what Julie needs. Obviously, this is what my neighbor across the street needs. And sometimes it can be cumbersome to Uh, have to like sort that in your mind. I need to let go a little more when it comes to giving stuff away, but I do find that joy in giving that perfect piece to that perfect person who I know will appreciate it. I get it. I also find joy in getting rid of things and having room in my living space. Yes. I not living spaces. It's important. But you know, does happiness come from the lack of items or do items make you happy, Jake? Honestly, I think the thing that makes me the happiest is giving of those items. Oh, it's amazing getting something awesome. Like, you know, I love that. I love getting gifts. But when you give someone a gift and it really hits home, like my dad, he's impossible to shop for. But when you find something that like, he just is like, oh, I really, this this is great. Mm -hmm. It's almost like that hunt that Marnina was talking about when it comes to finding those items that she's looking for. And you could go into that deep dive. It's like a game. And I, I, I understand that aspect of it. It sounds fun. And she sold me to uh, start becoming a bit of a a hunter for some hand-me-downs. Yes, I love it. What is your process? You've said you like to clear out. So what is your process? Do you just put it in a trash bag and take it to a charity? Or what do you do? I mean, I've moved eight times in nine years, Claire. Oh, my gosh. Well, part of that, my wife was was a property management. So we would get a free apartment. They'd move us as they saw fit. But... When that would happen, we'd have to downgrade. So what we would do is we would take different clothes and, and and we would break it apart. You know, if we would find items that we think some people would want, we'd keep them. And then we'd just give the rest to like Goodwill or other places like that. I try to keep it simple. But yeah. now I'm thinking like, oh, maybe some of my friends would have liked one of my old sweatshirts. I mean, I would have. Next time you're moving, <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. FaceTime. FaceTime mm-hmm. me. And I'll put claim on pieces that (laughs) well you know uh we're gonna be moving again so when that happens i will make sure to bring you everything we want to get rid of first claire thank you i'd like first right of refusal please jake that's fair (laughs) anyway this has been an awesome episode thank you guys so much for tuning in hand me downs hand me sideways hand me ups however you look at it i love them and i think jake we're gonna we're gonna cultivate your love for the hand me I'm open to it. You're open. I'm open. That's what I'm we open ask. to a hammy. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what we say about on Fanatics, sharing is caring. This is a great episode for that. Also, share the podcast. Share with your friends, your brothers, your mailman or woman, whomever you may see fit. You can find all our episodes on wearefanatics.com and at wearefanatics on Twitter. Uh, let us hear from you. Tell us what you think. And have a great day. Have a great day. See you guys next Thursday. Bye. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, fanatics, get excited because next week we're going to be bringing in the one and only Jeff Torres from Night Sky, Y2K Babes, SWAT, 
and the upcoming movie, The Donor Party, it's super exciting to have him because he's going to talk about his love for Costco. That's right, Costco. You've probably been there, but if you haven't, I guarantee you after listening to this episode, you will be going right away. So get ready, get excited because it's going to be a great episode. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode.